This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 132, Destination Unknown. Destination Unknown was released in the UK as the B-side of the 12-inch single for Calling America on March 1st, 1986. It wasn't released in America or on an album until June 15, 1990 as part of the Afterglow box set. In issue number 17 of the Face the Music fanzine from 1994, Andrew Whiteside wrote, A powerful horn-driven number with reggae tinges that for many was the best song to come of the Balance of Power sessions. In the liner notes for the October 2007 release of Ticket to the Moon, the very best of the Electric Light Orchestra Volume 2, Rob Cager wrote, After Balance of Power in 1986, it was to be 15 years before Lynn recorded again as ELO, and it was this sax-led rocker that told fans why. Lynn's heartfelt and honest lyrics made the point far better than any formal announcement. I'd more or less done what I wanted to do with the ELO sound at that point. Heading, sir? That away. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsenson. And uh, it sounds like here we're getting a little foreshadowing of Cloud Nine. You get some hardcore saxing going on here. If 105.38 Overture was over-celloing, I would say this is uh, ELO over-saxing. But unlike 105.38 Overture, there are people here, although I think it's probably just a person, multiple, multiple overdubbed, uh, somebody here who knows how to play the saxophone, and it isn't just somebody in the band picking it up and messing with it and saying, yeah, I think I can do this wasn't released in America until 1990, Afterglow. That's when I first heard it. And I didn't know what to make of it. I knew in the liner notes it was a Balance of Power B-side. And uh, my opinion of Balance of the Power was... And also, this doesn't sound anything like ELO. There's nothing ELO-y about it. I mean, it's got a big sound to it that definitely overtakes and fills up all your ear holes, but it's not any ELO-y. It's not like I can peg it down to, well, that kind of sounds like that and that. This is straight-up non-ELO sound. I like it, though. (laughs) I really do like it. All the reasons. It's catchy. It's bouncy. It's kind of fun. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, well, this reminds me of the other day when I was actually talking with a female friend of mine. I sent her a picture of an alto and a picture of a couple tenors and even a picture of a baritone. And then my wife came in and caught me saxting. Well, here's why I don't believe that. You have a female friend? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh. Women feel safe around me. Like you're their brother. 
like I'm their brother. Unfortunately, that was a good portion of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, uh, <laughs> I'm right there with you, or was. Yes. Yeah. But no, I just had to go with that bad pun. Yeah. Anyway, I kind of liked it too. It did have this nice big, but yeah, I agree. It doesn't sound like yellow, but the saxophone is the main part. And it's kind of like he just decided, huh? You know what? Somebody showed up with a saxophone today. <laughs> Let's use the hell. I gotta bang out another song. Yeah. So, let's have him play the saxophone. I don't think it was Jeff Lynn playing the saxophone. I'm pretty darn sure. Yeah. That it's not. But you guys, like you said, it's somebody who really does know how to play saxophone on there. So it's actually a better song than "Caught in a Trap." I would say that. Oh yeah. But it's also a nice little rarity to have. It's catchy. It doesn't seem as synth overloaded mm-hmm. as some of the other stuff around that time. Do you remember if he even made this during the sessions or if this was something that came out afterwards that just got ELO slapped onto it? <laughs> the Jeff Lynne database says that this was recorded in 85 or 86, and there's no way this was recorded in 86 because Balance of Power came out in January 1986. And I'm thinking you don't record stuff for an album that's coming out in three weeks. I'm thinking you probably got the album done. Right, because because, it was on the Calling America Maxi single, so... Yeah, and Calling America was the first single. I think the single came out a little bit before the album. Yeah, so it probably was just, hey, let's do something with a lot of saxophone on it. Mm -hmm. And then probably just decided, no, this doesn't sound like the rest of the album. So we're going to leave it off of there and just throw it on a B-side. Which was not a good decision. Get rid of Is It Alright. That can go. This should have been on the album. I think this would have helped the album a lot. Not to give any spoilers away what I think about the album uh, when we do the bonus tracks episode, but I think this one was a much stronger, a much better, a much more fun track than Is It Alright, which I love the chorus, but the rest of the tune did nothing for me. I know that they were just trying to get it out, and I, I, I know probably Jeff Lynne was trying to make the thing sound like it had some sort of consistency, but I think it would have just been better just to throw on some songs just because they were better songs. Um, and <laughs> yeah, because but I, but really, I don't think in the end he cared. The album's done. The album's done. Are you sure you don't want to put it? The album's done. Album's done. <laughs> I'm leaving. Yeah. Yes. Since he knew this was it for ELO. I I can't find anything where Jeff talks about the song. So I'm just going to read my own interpretation into it, and I'm going to say that Destination Unknown is another one of Lynn's breakup letters with ELO, or his resignation letter. Because there are lyrics in here that make it sound like, all right, this is how I'm feeling about leaving ELO, I'm done. I mean, even in the title, Destination Unknown. ELO's been his gravy train since 1971, although that gravy train was kind of sloppy and didn't move very fast in the maybe the first three albums. But after that, this was his living. This was his guaranteed paycheck. And for, what, 1986, 15 years? 
And now he's like leaving. So where he's going to go from this, he doesn't even know. There's no George Harrison yet. As for producing an album or even working with George, that's not even remotely in the works yet. Yeah, I don't think he had anything planned. And ELO in 1986? Well, even before 1986, that spaceship had crapped out and it was just had its hazard lights pulled over to the side of the road. So even ELO's future in 1986, it was pretty much done for. They had a hit with Calling America, but it, uh, it pretty much things petered out. So he's just walking away from everything and kind of has no idea what's going to happen or where he's going to go. That would be his destination unknown. You said petered. I said, I did. I said petered. (laughs) (laughs) Got something to say about destination unknown? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Hello, this is Troy. And here we are at Destination Unknown. Not only is this one of my all-time favorite ELO B-sides, it's one of my all-time favorite ELO songs, period. I think I heard it the first time when I bought the Afterglow box set. I know the first time I heard it, I fell in love with the song, and I was kind of amazed that it was left as a B-side. I think it's strong enough that it might have been a good A-side, but then again, it's such a good B-side that it probably should remain that. I don't think it would have fit the Balance of Power album. The lyrics kind of relate to the lyrics from the other songs on the album, but it's not quite as cynical or as dark as the songs on that album, though I would have rather seen Destination Unknown on the album instead of Send It. I think it might have fit Secret Messages. That album's a little more eclectic, but I think in the end, it's best as a B-side. As a record collector and as a 45 collector, I love getting 45s that have B-sides that are not throwaway songs, throwaway instrumentals, or songs on an album that I already have. You know, like, I saw her standing there as the B-side of I Want to Hold Your Hand but I have Meet the Beatles. And then later on, the Beatles started using B-sides that were not available on their albums, and I think that's great. So I do think it should remain a B-side, and it's such a great song no matter what, and I think I'm going to listen to it again right now. This has been A Thought from Troy. Throw some cash our way at patreon.com slash elopod. For $1 an episode, you can hear episodes a week before they post to the world. At the $2 per episode level, you get expanded episodes heard only on Patreon. Reviews from Don Fields, the Eric's Cover ELO cover songs, or skip all that and just hand it over directly through PayPal using the email address eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> What does Madeline think? I like the song. Wow, she liked it.
Taste the Music, an electric light orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash elopod. Next week, episode 133, A Matter of Fact.